It's the Tillcast episode 513, Token Soak. And this week, guys, we talk Slay the Spire, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Gordian Quest, and Nightmare Reaver. Stay tuned. Mmm, being old is great. And we're back. Finally, it's the Tillcast. It's an in-red show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. And for us, it's really late. In 08 p.m. It is, and it's still 88 degrees outside. Uh, and I can't even tell what day it is. I always screw this up. It is the 16th. 16th. July 16th, 2022. And Rusty is still without internet. Um, But together with the two of us, you'll get about, I don't know, 20 minutes of bullshit. Um, some games, some news. Um, yeah, it's been a, been a hot as hell week. Um, it is, uh, set to be over a hundred for about a month, I think. Yeah. Uh, which is just a scorcher. I feel like, you know, cause it's drying out cause there's no rain. Like pretty soon it's going to start looking like Phoenix outside. Yeah. Well, and the worst part for Oklahoma and Texas, especially is we went from super wet through May and like the first week and a half of June and then just went super hot and dry after that. Thinking it's kind of like don't starve, like the change between the seasons is so drastic, right? Like it is raining, 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 nearly flooding, and then it just, it's barely rained in the last month. And it's just like my grass isn't even growing at this point. Um, which is fine by me because I don't, I don't really want to mow when it's a hundred plus degrees outside. But, uh, that also means that burn bans are going to probably happen soon. And then I'm going to get in trouble if I want to smoke some meat and that's going to be no bueno. Cause yeah, I was... they're, uh, in, in my experience, they're, uh, they're not going to come at you for, for having your grill lit most of the time. Yeah, I mean, I keep it sits on my patio, so it's not like I sit it out in the middle of the yard in the middle of all this brown grass just waiting for something to spark. <laughs> right. Um, it's very enclosed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really do like my smoked meat quite a bit. It's part of my food prep. In fact, today I was like, you know what? This same, seems like a really good day because everything's fucking expensive right now. And not to get into all that shit because everybody's feeling it. But... um. Like, Walmart's not even selling much chicken with skin. And, like, I feel like chicken skin is a basic component of eating chicken. Whether you fry it, you you grill it, or you smoke it. And uh, I wanted to smoke some chicken. So, I uh, the only thing I could find was a pack of, like, leg quarters that had chicken thighs plus legs, you know, uh, plus drumsticks. So, I made myself some of those this afternoon. And while the grill was going... I uh, took another dip in the pool. I've been doing that almost every day. Um, and uh, sat in the pool and listened to podcasts and swam around a little bit. And uh, took a toke yeah. while I did my smoke. So, um, not smoke smoke, vape smoke, but, you know. I mean, while you're, uh, when it's this hot. You got a token soak. If you If you have a pool in your backyard. Pool equals happy. It was, this was, so I got to really give it to Vanessa for like really 
<laughs> peer pressuring me into getting a pool. I was almost not going to do it until your wife found that deal. And it couldn't have happened during a better summer. It is so fucking hot. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Um, like, I was just out running around today. I was I was going to the dollar store looking for, like, cheap pool shit, um, which I did find some cheap pool shit. And then I realized I need a pool noodle, which is another thing. So I had to buy pool noodles. But um, it's like these little hammock chair things that slip around a pool noodle and then you can sit in the pool, which – Honestly, all I'm doing is I'm trying to get rid of this uh, super pasty white self I have so I don't look quite as much like a nerd, you know, being in my, my cave all the time. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, it was so hot that, like, you know, my AC in my car can keep up, but it still takes about 10 minutes to cool the car back down every time I get in. And everything I was shopping for, aside from the Dollar Tree, was outside. So, like, I went to Lowe's, and then I went to Walmart, and um, then I finally ended up at the Dollar Tree, which it should have been where I started. Um, and it was just, like, it, like, almost left me out of breath. And then, like, I've been dealing with bugs around my pool. I think I finally, I got some, like, you know, not name brand dropping here, because we're not getting paid for this shit. But I got that like ortho pest control spray stuff. Um, I found that I still had some in my garage. And I went th around and soaked the outer perimeter like right around my pool with that shit. And there's barely any ants that I've seen so far. So I think um, it's get, it's working, doing its, doing its magic. Yeah, that, that home defense does wonders. I mean, it, the, the only thing you've really still got to do is uh, get yourself some, uh, uh, some of like the granule stuff to go. I've I did that in your backyard. I did that, and there's still that that dense. So I don't really. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do another round. Um, but it's yeah, there's just a shitload of ants out out in the backyard, like fire ants. And I found out what all the dirt was in the bottom of my pool. It's dead ants. That's that many dead ants in the bottom of my pool, like wow, thousands of them. Like they're just kind, of, they're just like they're suiciding themselves like lemmings off the side. They, what happens? They get over the lip and get on the other side, and then they get get down to take a drink, I guess, and then get caught in the the water and then fall down and then die on the bottom of the pool. So like I had like probably a handful of dead ants every day on the bottom of my pool. And that's what's been, I th maybe that's what's thrown off the pH. I don't know. Um, but I finally took your advice and got some stabilizer and dropped a shitload of that in there. And I probably overkilled it because I don't, it says to weigh it in pounds. I don't know how you weigh shit in pounds um, from a bag. Like I'm not, I don't have like, <laughs> and I'm not running a Coke business here. I don't have a scale for my, uh, for my drug sitting on my counter so that I can weigh my pool chemicals. Um, which just tell me like one cup or like, give me a measurement like that. Like this makes no sense. You didn't even say the fucking weight on the bag. Um, but I kind of guessed it and then tested it and then guessed it again and then tested it. And then it seems about right. Like I'm not losing chlorine right now. So. Um, but yeah, nice. I, yeah, I had to shock it twice in like three days. So for most of you guys that don't have a pool or a handful of you that do like, you got to get your chlorine and shit, right? Otherwise it, your, your water gets algae and gets nasty and it's gross. Um, yep. but 
I'm I'm taking a lot of care of it. Like I'm vacuuming it every day, Jason, and I'm skimming it every single day. I mean, that's what I do because mine's under or under a tree too. So I mean, you, that's I want to sit in it every day too. So that's part of it. Like even when I have like 15 minutes at work, so that I can like just I'll go out and like spin the dog in circles and let her have some fun, and then. I'll take the skimmer and then skim the, you know, handful of leaves and dead ants um, off the surface. And then I've got a, I got some tiki torches because I was looking at like bug solutions and I was looking at a zapper and it's like, I don't want to spend $50 on a zapper. Um, it's just another cord run into the house with around a pool, right? Like I'm asking for a drunk, crazy accident. Um, so I got a, uh, some tiki torches which, you know, they cost like $3 a piece and some fuel. And uh, those seem to work really well, and they create a great ambiance. Um, I was sitting out there the other night with just tiki torches, <clears throat> watching, uh, trying to catch up on uh, Letterkenny um, with my earbuds. It was pretty relaxing. So nice. probably sound like an idiot out there laughing in the pool in the dark with tiki torches around me. But <laughs> who cares? The tiki... Tiki torches in this part of the country are definitely a must when you have a pool because once you get into the evening and the sun starts setting, the, the mosquitoes. No what you do, the mosquitoes come out. Yeah, I started noticing bites on me and Lola. I was like, damn, that's a lot of mosquito bites. And you never know, right? Like the random mosquito that is carrying something horrible, right? Bites you and then your life's forever changed. Right. So. Yeah, that's been my uh, my non-gaming adventure this week. I'm, I'm doing a whole bunch of shit at work. Oh, yeah, there is something else. So, you can hear this. That is not a real gun. That is a Bug Assault, the original Bug Assault gun. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun killing flies with this thing. Um, when I went to the dollar store, they had... Uh, well, it's not a dollar anymore. It's a dollar twenty-five store. The Dollar Tree is a dollar twenty-five, but um, they had coarse ground salt up there for a big thing of it for a dollar twenty-five up there. So I bought that for my ammo, and that works pretty good. I even killed a fucking wasp with this thing. So nice. I got this little tray that clamps to the side of the pool, and I put <laughs> I put my uh, bug gun, my uh, vape, and then I put my phone in a little Ziploc bag, and then. If I do see a wasp or something, you know, flying around or trying to play red fire ant or something like that, I use the bug gun and knock them off. It's uh, it's kind of kind of fun, honestly. And then I decided I was going to swim. I mean, you know, I don't. If you didn't listen to prior episodes, I got a, a little pool. It's like fifteen feet in di- diameter, um, and about four feet deep. So it's not crazy deep, but um, been uh doing my side strokes and big circle around it and working out a little bit, I guess, with it that way. Get some exercise in. So now I'm actually kind of sore because I've been running around. And like I said, it's just so hot. Like, it just took the breath out of me. Um, I had to just sit and soak. And I think that once I get the little floaty chairs in there, that'll be like the ultimate just relaxation thing for after work. Right. Yeah, Crystal and I have... uh these uh, uh 
they're they're almost like uh uh almost like made out of the same material kids pulls floats are but they're they're these newer kind with uh uh with like foam pellets in them and basically what they did is they took the kids float cut it in half sealed off the ends and put a like a like a net like a net seat in in between the two ends um so it sits exactly like a chair we got them from sam's uh and i think walmart walmart sells them too on the website not i i haven't seen them in any of the stores but uh they work really well like i can actually for only having four foot pull i can actually comfortably sit in this thing and sit down into the pool up to my up to my shoulders and just just sit there and float that's kind of nice which for for a man that is up that is six foot four is in a four foot pole is an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of treat it like a big bathtub. I can kind of swim in. Um, but regardless, it's pretty, pretty relaxing. Like again, it's not like, uh, something I can swim like real laps in or anything like that. It's, a, it's just a huge, you know, it's basically like a huge kiddie pool, but it's pretty, uh, I like it. <laughs> I mean, it's all for it's all for comfort. It's a chill out pool. You I mean, go out there with with your smoke and a beer, and you just relax. Exactly. And i I've got the little floater. Well, I accidentally destroyed the floating tray that I I had, so I got an El Cheapo one at Walmart for ten bucks. But I plan on throwing some ice in there on our co birthday, and then just throwing a few beers in there. And, uh, yeah, and I've got a floating, uh, uh, cooler that I'll bring with me too. Yeah. It'll be, we'll be skipping an episode in about three weeks. Yep. So, um, we'll announce it before we skip it. It, it'll be righteous though. Yeah. I'm taking that whole week off too. So I'm going to do nothing but fuck around. Not going to find out, but, well, I guess I'm going to find out how to relax. I've got a lot of games to play, man. I've got a lot of games to talk about, actually, today. Um, I guess before I jump into any of that, did you do anything interesting or different this week? Uh, Really, other than uh, just uh, uh, still, you know, hang hang around around the pool a few times a week in the week because you know kids um and playing slay the spire man i really got into that game i am a little bit disappointed in myself that i hadn't played it before um well i've got a recommendation after you talk a little bit about your runs with slay the spire what have you been doing so far who you've been using uh, I've been jumping back and forth between, uh, all three of them, really. Um. Did you get used to the silent? The, I got used to the silent. The silent and the, uh, uh, the robot, I forget, I forget the actual name, um, are my best two, um, 
I can generally get to the uh, to the fourth level, the fourth map, um, and then I usually tend to run out of steam. Um, I've gotten pretty good with the mercenary, but I still can't get get through to the third boss. Like I've picked, seems like every run with him, I've somehow picked the most difficult paths to get there. Um, and run into, uh, one too many rooms with, uh, uh, with multiple enemies that, you know, are higher level enemies that have like, uh, uh, 50 plus HP to them. Gotcha. Um, uh, so I've not gotten that far with him yet. I've still not yet beat the game mostly because i'm really still trying to uh um uh find the find the best paths through the map because really that game's really about your paths it is Um, and then how you figure out how to build your cart your deck around whatever you're getting drops for yeah i mean that that whole first map, you can pretty much just uh, uh, sit there and just go through monster rooms and build up gold um, without worrying about much about power-ups, because uh, really some of the best cards you can get are are out of the shop, so as much gold as you can build, the better. Um uh still kind of exploring the best relic combinations based on uh based on who I get on who I'm running with that sort of thing um you you'll get to a point where you can beat the run almost every time but it does take some unlocks and really kind of getting used to it yep it does so really that's that's really about it we We've gone bowling a few. We went bowling a couple times this week, but that's nothing to. Uh, it's nothing really scream out about. I I'm a passable bowler. We'll put it that way. I got gotcha. you. So, so really, other than that, not really a. It it was really kind of a boring week, but it was it was a week that was busy enough that got away from me that uh I've still not produced the episode, so uh you're gonna get um you're gonna get a couple of episodes tomorrow, Justin. Well, I'll get one up and then we'll get the other one up close to uh before right before we do the uh um, next episode, so we'll just have them kind of close together. Far enough apart oh. that you can, if you're listening, which I hope you are, right? Um, that you, uh, maybe you have a double dose. The last episode was pretty short, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes, um, what happens is, me and Jason have been doing this so long, we just, <laughs> out of energy, I think it was only about an hour long. So, I... I'm a lot more energized today, and I don't know what's different about today other than I'm just feeling a whole lot better this week. I had so many challenges throughout the week um, with work 
um, that really just wore me out. And so by the time Saturday came, I just wasn't in the mood to record and I just pushed through it as best I could. And we did, um, like, it's like even this weekend, I didn't have the energy to do anything else other than the podcast to hang out and whatever, but it's like I had Vanessa and John wanted to come over and do the pool thing with me and, and they wanted to do it tonight, which I didn't really want to do it tonight. I wanted a podcast, but I didn't really have the energy to do that tonight. Um, but on the flip side of things, I have been beating games and there's one that came out of early access I want to talk a little bit about. Um, so throughout of all of this week, um, I actually finally beat Guardians of the Galaxy. I really, really wish I'd have played that last year. That'd have been such a strong contender for game of the year. Um, that game is really good. And it, it does story. Yes, it is. I like the story and the pacing. I kind of like it better than the movies. I know that's like kind of blasphemy, but it's just so well written. It took me almost about 17 hours to beat it. Um, and that's been my playtime, right? Like it took me like a month to beat a 17 hour game. But, um, that being said, like I played it kind of like I played Alan Wake way back in the day. I played like a chapter a night kind of thing. Um, every time that I wanted to play that, then I ended up being that I played a couple times a week. Right. And then I'd go back, but like, it was a really good narrated, narrated narration experience. Like low points for that game is like the combat's a little bit clunky. Um, like getting the timing. Of, it never feels like Peter's guns are that powerful. <laughs> like they feel like pea shooters. And I even had all the upgrades and they still felt like pea shooters, even with all the powers and everything else. But, the combat wasn't the best part of it for me until I started to get the different element upgrades to your gun. Like it never, that was actually never the part that I enjoyed the most. The part that I enjoyed the most, which is not normally normal for me was the, the writing of the story. The story is just really good. Um, I mean, it's a simple, like good versus evil kind of thing. Like you were saying way back when, but it just feels kind of like a, a Marvel epic is what it felt like. Um, there's the journey, there's the battles, there's the, you know, the hijinks of them being the criminals slash heroes at the same time kind of thing. And then the, uh, the chemistry between the characters, even in the idle conversation is just so well done. There's a lot of goofy moments that are like, not make me belly laugh, but make me chuckle in a, a good natured way kind of thing, you know, like it's just done fairly naturally it almost almost feels like you know the people you're playing with the npcs like that just the interaction between the characters is just so well done a couple of moments that like even pulled up my heartstrings a little bit and i was like this is a freaking game this is just so well done um yeah guardians of the galaxy it's on game pass freaking play it man that game is great um, it's kind of like playing a Mass Effect, but not really. It's more less RPG and a lot more narrative experience mixed with some action. Like there's some light puzzle solving, but it's just the story and the pacing is done really well. And the interaction between the characters is done really well. And it's really goofy. I wanted to hear the new conversations when I got to the ship. Like it's never a chore. Uh, the only part of that game that was a tour is I knew that I wanted, if I was going to start a level, I needed to commit to an hour or two or three to get through something. So, um, 
It's like a 4-7, man. That game is great. That is a 4A game. It's so well done. And they even do, you know, the Marvel after the credits stuff. Uh, but in a gamified yes, way. Do. In a gamified way. It was really, I really dug it. Um, It's really good. I, I finally finished it this morning and I just sat back for a second. I was like, I'm going to do chores because I can't think about anything else that would even be remotely scratch that itch the same way that that just did because holy shit that was a good game and then i uninstalled it and that felt really good not because i was getting rid of it because it freed up another like 100 gigs on my hard drive um because right. it install size in that game is huge um but yeah guardians of the galaxy man that that game's just excellent um it's well optimized it's not there's a little bit of bugs i got stuck in some corners on a couple of spots but I just can't believe how good that game is. And I just wrote it off as because, you know, the the Avengers game came out and flopped. Right? So the Marvel license game, except for me, the only one that's been good has been the Wolverine game that came out on Xbox a million years ago. I think it's called I can't even remember what it's called. But I heard about it on on BMF cast. Or not BMF oh, cast down the quarters. That was the Wolverine Origins game, and that was really good. Yeah, it's a, it's a it makes you feel like a badass. But that game's pretty old. Yeah, it was, it's like twelve or thirteen years old at this point. Um, so like that was good. Every other Marvel licensed game has been shite, and then Guardians came out, and it just blew me away. Completely blew all my ex. It would have blown my expectations away if it wasn't a Marvel game. Um. And that's what I mean. Like, it's just a very well-made game. And it's just long enough for that for a narr- narrative-style game like that for me to care about it the whole way through. Um, but that aside, um, I want to talk about some other games. We were just recently talking about Slay the Spire. And one of the games that is really, really uh, good... Um, it's called Gordian Quest. It's been in early access for a couple of years now, and it just came out, I want to say, last month, and I didn't know about it. So it's going through my folder of early access stuff to see if anything released yet. And I noticed that it released. And um, Gordian Quest is like Slay the Spire, except you have 10 different characters you can pick from. Um, you have the same lane system that you do in Slay the Spire, right, where you're picking a path. And there's a couple of different modes. Um, all the characters have different synergies together. Um, but it it sets you up in a lane. So you've got a grid, like a three-by-three three grid on each side, which the enemy characters and your characters go into. And they have different animations for the different cards. Um, but you build your deck up through skill points that you unlock. And so there's one mode that's story-based mode that's supposed to be 15 to 30 hours long. Before you get into it, I actually recommend putting that off because they did a better job of the roguelike quest. The roguelike quest, you unlock the same stuff you do in single-player mode, which is like uh, kind of like power-ups, but like stat changers for different characters um, or general stat enhancements that you can use on every character, and it uses the same, I don't know, whatever the purple currency is in that game, but use this purple currency you get from your runs and from battles to 
unlock new items that you can use as permanent unlocks for your characters. But um, every different character has three different builds that you can use, and you can kind of cross those builds over, but there's three different decks they can use, essentially. And then as you unlock XP, you unlock nodes on an on a XP thing, um, an XP grid. And just the roguelike pacing is a lot faster. It said it's supposed to, every run's supposed to be about two to three hours long. And I can make it about an hour so far um, with the current unlocks. But it plays the same as Slay the Spire, right? Except that you have lanes, you know, because, like, you can set people up to block on the front lane to protect your back people, and it's more than one person. So you always got a team of three. Um, with Roguelike, you can set it to where you can't revive any of your characters, um, which, you know, will end the run early, but you're still earning that currency. And it gets harder a lot faster than the main campaign. The main campaign set to kind of teach you the game, and then it's a much slower-paced game where you have to fight lots and lots of battles for a lot less XP, where the roguelike campaign, you're getting a big chunk of XP fast to level up your characters a lot faster. And I just I just like the pacing a lot better. And you get the same thing. The story's kind of lackluster, and I don't even really care. Um, but the gameplay feels a lot like Slay the Spire, um, to the point where you've got different different weapons that you get to equip on your characters which get you different cards or boost stats then you can insert gems into those weapons to change their stats or enhance them you can craft stuff when you camp um, which is kind of like uh, darkest dungeon um, you have a whole supply system like darkest dungeon and then you have a whole equipment system for your character which is kind of like darkest dungeon so like it it's kind of like a mix of Darkest Dungeon and Slay the Spire and a regular grid turn-based game. But Gordian Quest is pretty good. Um, haven't beaten it, beaten it yet, but I had a lot of fun with it. It was the... When I didn't feel like I had enough time to play Final Fantasy... Or Final Fantasy. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I'd pop in Gordian Quest or one other game that I'm going to talk about in just a second. But it's just... Uh, Card-based battler, so if you ever see it on sale, Jason, it's it's really worth it. Nice, I'll keep it in mind. Yeah. Um, I played, I dove a lot further into Nightmare Reaper this, this week, too, which I was trying to, like, maintain a good focus. I really want to start Monster Hunter, but I fired it up yesterday, and I guess I just wasn't in the right mindset, and I completely forgot all my combos and everything, and so I put it back down to play a little bit more straightforward game. Because the one thing about Monster Hunter is you really have to be in a you have to be playing it for a couple hours if you haven't put it picked it up for a while to remember your combos and kind of remember how everything works and how so like all I did was practice for an hour trying to get used to using I was doing a bow gun build um in that game and I it took me about an hour to get back into the right rhythm of that to figure out how that bow gun works. So I had a light bow gun and a heavy bow gun. And bow guns with Monster Hunter Rise are where it's at. Um, but um, by the time I played an hour, I was too tired and just wanted to go to sleep. So that's why I didn't start it back up. Instead, I jumped into that boomer shooter, um, Nightmare Reaper. And that game is excellent. I know I like praised it last week. But... Here's what you don't know about Nightmare Reaper um, that makes it so good. So there's like 80 to 100 weapons, A. B, all of those weapons have different unlock or different uh, 
qualities to them, right? So they might have crit rate or they might have leech life or maybe they fire different projectiles. So now your bazooka shoots arrows. So it has that weird random feel that Borderlands does. It just doesn't have any of the bullshit that you have to deal with with Borderlands. So it doesn't look near as nearly as good as Borderlands. So I need you to, if you're going to play this, you need to keep an open mind or just be okay with like an old school looking, um, you know, quake em up shooter, right? But they randomized levels. The penalty for death, now that I really understand a lot better, i got about four hours in it right now. Um, it's not, all it does is it re, it, you wake up because your character is in a mental institution, right? And what I've realized is that the progression in the game is twofold, well, threefold. So first part, you're walking through the story. So every time you wake up, you're you're going into a nightmare, which is why it's called Nightmare Reaper. And then the nightmare, you're essentially working through your demons and you're <laughs> doing it with guns. Um, and then you wake up and then you learn a little bit more about the story and you get to go further in the hospital. And then there's this, it's really fucking creepy for a fucking pixelated game. Um, they do a really good job of the atmosphere and everything else that's going on around it. And when you want to start the level, you go back to sleep. So let's say you died well, you wake back up and all the gold that you earned, you keep the gold that you earn, but don't get the gold from beating the level, which like doubles or triples it sometimes. So that gives you some money for unlocks. And then you go in this, like, it looks like, do you remember Super Mario 3 or Super Mario World? Yeah. So these mentally levels that it opens up a map like that. And I realized when I started to get to world three, these are all different types of unlocks. It might be health, your rate of fire. It might be your, the amount of guns you can carry. So initially you can only equip two. Well, now I can equip three and now I have increased gold worth, which gives me more money to buy more unlocks. And every time you want to buy an unlock, you got to play one of these levels. And it's about three three stages basically like really short stages like a single frame right uh kind of like mario where you can jump on top of characters which i think they're like zombies or demons or something like that and you just try to collect coins and just make it the platforming through that so what i did is i played with my controller for that portion and then i switched back to the uh you know wasd keyboard controls when i want to play the shooter side of it so you got that and then you've got this whole pokemon style game that you play which I was looking into because it's like, what the fuck is this? Well, it unlocks pets that follow your character into the real game that help you out while you're fighting, which is pretty crazy. So you unlock your Pokemon and do these Pokemon-style battles, like really old-school Pokemon, where you're just telling your creature to attack and then whatever he is versus the other character is kind of like what you're going to get for your battle. So it's a really simple, almost mud-style combat. Uh, mud being like text-based, right? But your character on the screen right. that has to go in the woods and then it goes in the woods and your monster fights another monster or you find another monster and you tame it. Um, but um, I got my first pet doing that, which is pretty cool, um, which heals me um, slowly, which is actually a really big upgrade, honestly, because you got to get health orbs from blowing shit up. Um, in the game. Otherwise, you know, it's just static health, right? It's not like Call of Duty where you, uh, you you heal up with your jelly behind cover for a minute and then the jelly goes off the screen then you know you're good to fire again. Yeah. So, I like the variety of the weapons. Like, favorite weapons right now are the B-Gun. Yeah, it's a bee gun. It shoots bees that home in on targets, and then you can shoot a big hive of bees 
into an entrance and then it just mulches shit up in a big ball of bees um, as it tries to attack you. So I like the bee cannon a lot. I like the Molotov cocktails as my heavy weapon a lot or the chainsaw. Um, I found an explosive shotgun that shot four shots that I was using in the run that I was doing right before I jumped on here. Um, got an M60 I like a lot. Um, there's a, uh, I just upped my fire damage, so I found a fire staff, and that's the kind of mix you get, right? You got a fire staff that, like, I charge it up, and it shoots this huge, like, shotgun fire blast, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, or it shoots, like, a flamethrower is the one that I found this time. Sometimes it's a fireball. Sometimes it's a flamethrower. It, like, it varies. Um, I've gotten, like, an ice book that has kind of, like, like a, a chain ice effect, which is pretty crazy. Um, you charge it up, it shoots out this huge wall of ice and as things fall down, they like break and then explode in a bunch of blood and guts. Um, it's a really crazy game because the weapons are like all over the place. It's like Hexen or something, right? You got your normal weapons, plus you got like a throwing dagger or you've got a, a spell book, um, or a, a wand essentially, right? Or yeah. a bow and arrow that shoots flaming arrows. Um, or, uh, a trap box. I can't remember what, like that you throw traps out. <laughs> like, it's just so random and weird and great. Um, I had this whip it made me feel very, uh, very much like Castlevania that I could charge up and then it would explode things on the end of the whip. Um, if I charged it up, so I could use that to kind of keep things at medium range. Um, or I could aim for the head and I could decapitate them. Um, the whip is pretty fucking cool. And then I had like a sword and shield in a run I was doing earlier today. So like <laughs> super random, um, with the weapon assortment. But what happens is you get, depending on the rarity of the stuff, you get either like level one through the highest I've gotten is like level three gold tier weapon. But you can only take a level one weapon with you when you finish the level and then you sell off all the other weapons. So you get that one level one weapon for you for your next run and it can be anything that you had so like the last run i did i took a bazooka with me um that shot bees <laughs> so um yeah i took the bazooka with me and that's my level one weapon for when i go into when i load it back up which i'll probably do again tonight because i'm liking this game a lot um i'll uh that's what i'll start with the game's actually pretty the game's pretty long too, so I was kind of looking through reviews because I didn't understand the pet thing and I stumbled on a review that just talked a lot about the game. So there's like three or four stages and they said expect to spend 7 to 10 hours with, between each for each stage. Um that's really long for a shooter. And it's also randomizes the level so you could do a completely different run and of course you'll get the same story unlocks with the the patient ward. But your gameplay will be totally different because you get random weapons and random level design. Um, it's just really good. Um, I'm a, I'm extremely impressed with Nightmare Reaper. I wish I'd have gotten into this a little bit earlier. I think for whatever reason, I was writing off the uh, Boomer Shooter reprise that was happening recently. And I realized that's actually my generation. I mean, we're not boomers, but like people that grew up with Duke Nukem and doom one and two um and quake um there's a lot out there that uh 
I say a lot. There's a handful of really good games that are heavily inspired from those games that have some new ideas. And uh, Project Warlock, which I talked about last week, and this are very good. But I think Nightmare Reapers edges out Project Warlock a little bit. I haven't played much of 2 yet, so I don't know how well 2 does. But just because Nightmare Reaper has so much replayability, um, I like it a little bit better. But just, again, it's, if you're somebody who literally just likes like high-end high AAA graphic games, like something like Guardians of the Galaxy or an Assassin's Creed, and I challenge you to play something like this because it is very different, um, but just keep in mind that it's like if you had not Minecraft with a modern lighting engine and physics and stuff like that, um, that's the kind of graphics you're getting with Nightmare Reaper. And then with Project Warlock, you're also getting 2D sprites on a 3D plane. It's higher detail um, than Nightmare Reaper, but it still looks very much in the vein of what you remember or what me and Jason remember as like what Duke Nukem looked like. So those are the things you kind of have to take. It's really going for that aesthetic. And I don't mind it. I thought I would hate this. Like, you know, originally when this was a thing like 25 years ago, I thought I would hate if they ever redid this style after I started seeing the newer, you know, I think it was, uh, there was a game called Black Hawk Down and the original Medal of Honor. Um, I used to play those a lot. And I thought once those started with the more modern style graphics that were going for more realism, I was like, oh, nobody will ever go back to Duke Nukem style stuff. And now that those are like completely oversaturated the market over the last 20 years, um, this feels refreshing again because it it's what I remember shooters being like hectic, chaotic, a lot of jumping, a lot of like there's a whole lot of like. Like in Quake used to do the rocket jump. Now you could do a rocket jump here, I think. I haven't tried the rocket jump because it hurts too much. But um, in Quake, you could do the rocket jump to like basically blow up the area around your feet to shoot you up. And then you'd take the same rocket launcher and then shoot at stuff below you as you're flying across the map. Um, and this does a lot of the same stuff. It throws you on these platforms that shoot you way up in the air. And then you can use that to like hammer down with explosives on everything below you that's trying to kill you. Um, and it's super fun. Um, Nightmare Reaper is like a fucking gem. And I don't know. I may beat this and think it's just shit. But I can tell you that like it's been out. A lot of people like it. I just. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't show up on. Some kind of indie darling that we have for this year. Nightmare Reaper is fucking great. Um, I'm jonesing for it right now. So nice. Um, yeah, that's what I got to say about that. Um, I I didn't really play anything else. I mean, I talked a little bit about Crown Trick last week, but I didn't play much of that this week. I just kind of kept it to these two. Oh, I did, uh, yesterday there was, so I, you know, I refunded, uh, what was that zombie card game that I refunded? Anyways, I refunded the zombie card game and I had seven ninety nine sitting in my wallet. And so I ended up getting Valfaris, which is a 2D, pretty hard side-scrolling kind of, uh, Metroid style shooter with a heavy metal aesthetic and it's pretty cool. It's pretty hard, but it's pretty cool. And I'm not just saying that because it's metal as shit. 
Um, it's just pretty cool. It's a, so it's this, uh, I can't remember the story. I'm only a couple hours in. I've only beat two bosses, but, um, you're a guy that's got guns and a sword and you can get upgrades to it. And every time you find a new weapon, your dude like throws up devil horns and headbangs, um, which is just awesome. But there's like a little trick to this game. So it kind of plays like a souls game in a way. Um, so you basically have like checkpoints that restore your health. And then you get these idols that you can hold on to to um, activate the checkpoint. Well, if you hold on to the idols, you get more material to upgrade your weapons at the end of the level. So if you hold on to them throughout the whole level and you can beat the whole level with those, then you'll get something called blood metal. All right, it's metal as shit, right? Blood metal um, is what you use to upgrade your stuff. Now, you'll find blood metal in the level itself. Um, but I didn't really realize this until I got about past the first boss. And I was like, I wonder what I'm doing wrong. So I looked at a guide that kind of talked about it a little bit. And that's the that's the trick that it has. So you get all of these idols and you can hold on to them. And if you can make it through the whole level without spending your blood idols on checkpoints, then you end up getting a whole lot of upgrade material. But every time you beat a boss, you get a new weapon. And the weapons are pretty cool. Um, but it has this whole thing where you hold down a button to block. And if you can time the block right, you can catch projectiles. So, like, say a guy shoots a rocket at you. You can throw up your force field, catch the projectile, and then release it in the direction you're facing. And then it'll most likely kill that character. But you also got a sword. And then I've got my second sword so far, which is a bastard sword. And that charges up the uh, the shield, basically. So the shield has its own energy level. Then you have, like, your, uh, I guess, deadlier weapons that use the same power as the shield. So you kind of balance it between using the heavy weapon and the shield. And then you use the melee to get your power back for that heavy weapon and that shield. And then you've got a, a pistol that uses no ammo, so to speak. That's your default range, which you can also upgrade. Um, there's no escapes. Like in a lot of games like this, you've got a roll or a dodge or something like this. This is very much like Contra in that you physically have to jump to dodge stuff, um, which took some getting used to again because I haven't played a game like this in a while. But so far, it's been hard. <laughs> like the first boss... And it's the first boss, right? Like, took me about 10 times to really figure out. And there's no checkpoint after the boss. Um, you get mauled by two more enemies before you hit a checkpoint after the boss. Um, so after you beat him and you got, like, a tic-tac of health because you didn't play it carefully enough, um, you get mauled by another random enemy even after you beat the boss. And then you start over at the checkpoint right before the boss. Or if I was being crazy, you'd start at the very beginning of the level and work your way all the way to the boss. Um, but yeah, it's got a really unique art style. It's very much looks like an N60, uh, a, a Super Nintendo game. Um, even down to having like scan line filters and CRT filters that you can use on there to make it look a little bit more authentic. Um, looks very much like 1980s heavy metal magazine is what I get from it. Um, it's metal as hell. 
But Valfar so far seems pretty cool. And apparently there's like a super hard mode and there's some people that can beat the whole game without, like I was watching a guy that's beat the whole game without a single upgrade. Um, so if you really got your jumps down, um, that is something you can do. But Valforest is pretty cool. Uh, again, I it was on sale for the same price as my refund. Well, so didn't really bother me to trade a, a bad game for some game that's been on my wish list for like two years that I've never taken the plunge on. I was like, well, that was actually on my wish list. So I might as well go ahead and give this a shot. And this one is not getting refunded. This is a good game. Nice. So, that being said, Jason, do we want to take a break before we get into news? I think so. All right, guys, we'll be back. back Woo-hoo. we uh had to uh empty ourselves and then move back um all right guys so i wanted to talk about some stuff news wise since we were so heavy on games at the very beginning um there was a hack on namco bandai and then the re- hack was released on twitter with the uh, list of things they pulled off the server. Now, while that's unethical, I think that you guys probably want to hear what they're planning on announcing. So, talked about it a week or two ago. Um, it is Armored Core that's set for early Q1 next year, um, as well as a project called Dragon Ball The Breakers. I don't know what that is. Um, for Q2 of next year, we've got Little Nightmares 3. And then Dragon Fighters 2 and Digimon Story 2 Cyber Sleuth. And number three, we have a Elden Ring DLC. So that's the third quarter of next year called Ring of Barbarians of the Badlands, which is a weird title, but we'll see what happens there. Um, Tekken 8, and then for Key 4, tentatively, and this is all tentative, right? Got Code Vein 2 and One Punch Man, Fighters of Destruction, and Dragon Ball 3 Xenoverse. So that's what it's looking like that they have set for this information. This obviously could change. Um, Q3 means between somewhere between July and September of next year. So if you already beat Elden Ring like me, um, it's probably okay to just wait a while. That's that's what I'm doing. I didn't want to have that just sitting on my hard drive since I'm not really dicking with it. Um, but yeah, I think for... There still hasn't been anything that's beat Elden Ring this year. You need to play it at some point, Jason. It's good. Yes, I do. I've got a couple of other things. I'm going to go with one that's really short and then let you start. So I picked up Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Um, and I plan on getting on it into it. You heard me talk about it a little bit. I just had to kind of relearn everything. I get I gonna be in the right mood for Monster Hunter. Once I am, I'm gonna play nothing but Monster Hunter for a while. But Sunbreak shipped three million units. 
It's a lot of units on a DLC, and it's a big DLC. And the thing about Monster Hunter DLC is it's like a whole other section of the game. It's like not downloadable content. It's like an expansion, um, which is why anytime they release one of those, because I did Iceborne before, which is another expansion um, that I like to jump into, because it adds a whole bunch more quests, etc., to the game, as well as a whole new like map type, etc. So. If you're into it, obviously a lot of people were anticipating that, and I don't even know if that counts all of the Steam sales for it, etc., but I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Jason, what did you have? So, big story this week um, that may have a huge impact on the the gaming world uh, coming up is it was it was announced uh, three days ago, that Unity is now merging with a company that uh, uh, I'm not too sure about. They announced a merger with Iron Source. Um, I don't remember enough about Iron Source. So, Iron Source is one of those. Uh, 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 mobile game uh, mobile companies, game. but they've done uh, they're huge on microtransactions. Uh, they've done other uh, non-game apps. Um, I'm not okay with this. They're really big into uh, uh, they're one of the leading developers of non-gaming apps with monetization, marketing, etc. Um, so, I don't know what... I don't know how I feel about one of our uh, uh, most popular gaming engine companies uh, merging, with, uh, merging with a company that's huge on microtransactions and has in the past built actual malware. Yeah, that's uh that's discouraging. I hope they hurry up and finish seven days to die before they have to update Unity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the biggest things they did in the past was they developed a a piece of software called Install Core, um, which was a wrapper for bundling software installs on PC. Um, and it usually, uh, uh, that's the install wrapper that you, where you usually see a link to a third party site, um, that ended in something like download B.net or something like that. Um, it's just really, uh, it's a really malicious software that um, can really screw up your reg files and your uh, and your drivers. So I don't get the play behind this, um, except for the fact that a statement from Unity's president um, says uh, that. Uh, Iron Source ha- brings 
a proven record of helping creators focus on what creators do best, bringing great apps and user experiences to life while maintain while enabling business expansion in the app economy. Hmm. And I just don't see how um how this type of predatory monetization helps any game um especially from uh uh, when you get down into the engine standpoint of things. Um, and of course, I mean, Unity has done, uh, has gotten uh, uh, several uh, uh, big acquisitions in the last couple of years. Uh, uh, Parsec, SyncSketch, um, Weta Digital. So, it seems like they're just making a play to buy buy up as many companies as they can, but I just don't see how this one's a good buy at all. Yeah, I can feel that. Um, what was the other thing that I was wanting to say? So there's a game that's coming out called Warhammer Rogue Trader. I did some digging while you were taking a dump. And, uh... So, not a release date on it yet, but it's a CRPG made by Alcat, which got me thinking I need to get back into the Alcat game I have. I have uh, Pathfinder Judgment, which apparently is, did a lot of stuff from Kingmaker to make that game quite a bit better, but Alcat tends to make pretty high-quality games, and Warhammer 40k Rogue Trader is based off another... Warhammer sub-campaign, um, but apparently on this subreddit that I'm on for this, this is one of the most highly anticipated things, and it just announced like 20 hours ago. So be on the lookout, see what it's like. Rogue Trader, Warhammer 40k Rogue Tra Trader. Um, Dark Tide comes out in about six weeks, so I'm also super excited about that. Um. That would be the multiplayer game that I am looking forward to the most since it's made by the Vermintide people. Um, nice. What else? Oh, I was going to talk about Lollipop Chainsaw. So, the uh, developer for the remake that they're doing right now has since stated very implicitly in both Japanese and English that they are not redoing the designs they're just updating the engine and the visuals themselves the design of the game and all of those things are the same it's just there are 16 songs that were licensed in the original game and it was very much like uh um i'm trying to think of what it was what's the name of that movie what's that movie was michael Sarah that had the uh, vegan with superpowers oh uh was it Michael Sarah? Yeah, um, that uh, um, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim, like Lollipop Chainsaw, had the same kind of stylization as a Scott Pilgrim, which is kind of why I think it appealed to me when it came out because it came out pretty close to that that movie. 
Um, it's very arcade video gamey while you're this cheerleader that has a chainsaw that's killing, um, monsters while, uh, carrying her boyfriend on her belt loop along with a really fairly kick-ass soundtrack. I liked it a lot. In fact, I still have a copy of that game. Um, but the remake, they very implicitly said, yeah, we're updating the engine because, you know, it's old. They didn't exactly say that, but they're just implying that. And they very implicitly said, but they have to change some things up with the soundtrack because of licensing issues. Um, but they're trying to keep the game essentially the same. So I'm pretty all right with that. Um, I'm interested to see what they do because, you know, it's like on 360, you know. Um, yeah. That, that game is, is pretty old. It's weird that they're redoing it, but whatevs. Um, you didn't get a chance to look at this, but the makers of Warframe um, released a trailer for a new game. It's called Soulframe. The trailer reveals nothing about the gameplay, but the setting itself kind of looks like a mix between, like, Dark Souls. I, You know, I'm using the Souls franchise, but it's kind of got that dark fantasy art style. Um, it starts off with you being naked and washed up on a beach, being lifted by a giant moose, and then fighting and then killing some things uh, with a sword that you pull out of the ground. So, like, it doesn't really give you a lot to go on as to what it is, but it looks like the setting's different than Warframe. Um, I didn't mind the monetization model of Warframe. It's one of the few free-to-play games that felt like a real game. Um, I mean, it was a real game, right? And it still is. Like, they just released another expansion of that game nine years later. Um, so, I feel like those guys have proven to me that they can make a very high-quality product. I just got sick of Warframe after a while, um, which is why I don't play it anymore. But it looks pretty freaking cool. I mean, yeah, that game was... I mean, all of us have gone back to that game from time to time, especially Rusty and uh, uh, John used to be pretty big on it. Um, it's just one of those games that, um, has just repeatedly stayed good. Um, and I, so, you know, their next one, I would happily, um, get into that offering. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty hyped. I just, I do want to see what it is, right? I'm not going to just snag it day one. Now, if it's free to play, I'll snag it day one. But, yeah, it, uh, it looks pretty cool. Um, there is something that I did want to speak about. Um, there is a new Aliens game that, is from the VR studio that did Creed, Rise, and Glory, and The Walking Dead Onslaught, which is actually very good. Wait, no, that's Onslaught. That's not Saints and Sinners. Um, but anyways, they're doing a VR Aliens game. Um, 
which to me sounds terrifying. <laughs> aliens are one, the aliens, you know, the original franchise. Um, but yeah, they're uh, creating a aliens franchise VR game built in unreal engine five. Um, I don't know what the title is yet, but just be on the lookout uh, for that. Um, so here, let me pull up the official website and see if it has a title. Um, this is called Aliens. Being developed for PC console and VR. That's weird. Well, I think what happened is they did Creed Rise and Glory on VR and then decided to make it also playable with a controller and then ended up getting a lot more sales on it, which is why I think they're doing it this way. But that is a... An Aliens game in VR just, to me, would be, like, beyond terrifying. <laughs> I don't know how I'd handle it. I mean, yeah, for for you, that's like, uh, that's like your worst-case scenario. I'm not afraid of the zombie stuff in VR, but, like, freaking Aliens, man. Um... I don't know that I have anything else. Do you have anything? Nope. All right. Well, Jason, nothing, nothing else uh, really worth men- really worth mentioning out there. I think we hit all the big ones. I do too. Well, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash real tiltcast. And search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. We've got Cabbage KBG. You've got NoQuarters.net, For the Love of Gaming, BMFCast.com, and TVGP.TV. They play PC games as well. And with that, it's the end of the show. Peace. Peace.